Welcome to the Embellish Podcast, where we like to talk about stories. We like to explore how embellishment makes a story better, how it allows us to connect more deeply with both the person telling the story and the subject of the story. Together, we will explore people, products, and places that have a story to tell. We'll navigate through the truths, half-truths, and outright lies and decide if the truthiness even matters. Good evening. Thanks for joining me. Um, if you happen to hop on the live stream, thanks for being here. I was just over watching Mash and Drums live stream. If you've showed up here, you might want to hop over there. That's probably a much better choice of a place to be. Um, he's having a good live stream tonight. Uh, tonight's episode, uh, all the title slide, it's uh, I Stole My Children's Halloween Candy. And I absolutely took this idea from the guys over at This Is My Bourbon Podcast. Um, the Whiskey Mutant on Instagram is the absolute go-to guy for um, pairing whiskey and sweets together. And they've been doing a series on this, but I thought, hey, I'll take the opportunity to steal a few articles that have been put out over the last few years around pairing specific whiskeys with um, different candies from Halloween. And you have this uh, wonderful opportunity whenever you become a parent that Halloween is now about I'm thinking you get trick-or-treating, but then you get to implement what's called parent tax. Uh, you get to take from them whatever candy you choose. Uh, we try to keep it around 10%, but the reality is, is that um, making candy available to your children uh, year-round, you start hitting Halloween, and then Halloween rolls to Thanksgiving, and there's like there, and there's Thanksgiving, and there's Christmas after that. Then there's uh, there's Valentine's Day, and then so you run through a series of bags on bags on bags of candy. So great opportunity for parents to to take it from them um obviously we got a, we got an opportunity to go trick-or-treating over the weekend um really sort of uh made a made a print parenting mistake we were walking around our local town here and uh, we're walking down a really busy street kids were packed everywhere um, i noticed up ahead of us was one of my or both of my daughters some of their younger childhood friends from their dance class and like, hey, you know, there's your friend up there. Run up there and say hi. You know, I hadn't seen him in a year and a half, two years since the pandemic began. Um, and so uh, they run up there, but they're a little less bold. And so they're not wanting to, to make a scene or whatever. And so I ill-advisedly, <clears throat> I yell out this 11-year-old girl's name in a large crowd of people. Immediately, both of their parents, you know, both of her parents whip their head around and look at me like, who is yell? Why is there a grown, balding, overweight man yelling at my eleven-year-old child? Once they recognized who it was, obviously things were okay. But um, I realized, like, eh, you know, that was that was probably a bad choice. I should not have done that. Um, you know, but such is life. We moved on. Uh, we were wearing our costumes, and I was able to blend in, and we had a good conversation with whatnot. But said I implemented the dad tax and I gathered up all of these but we won't do just pairing the the candies that we have we'll talk about you know pairing whiskey and you know there's there's a pretty common understanding on how to pair beer with food and how to pair wine with food you know wine's been sort of a pairing with food for a very long time and a lot of people understand the difference between using red or white and fish or chicken or beef or whatever and then as craft beer took off, they started understanding those things as well. And, and now with this, this rise of whiskey, it's time for us to think about the same kind of things. 
Um, but before we get to that, saw a wonderful article, uh, mini clip video. I'll put the link to it down in the, the description of this video. But the Today Show did a five-minute segment with Fred Minnick um, talking about PTSD and therapy and how that helped him sort of, you know, find whiskey and all of those things. Um, and it's just a really good watch. Uh, go click on that, you know, go watch it. Obviously, you know, if you know anything about whiskey, you know who Fred Minnick is, but if not, even if you don't, you're getting a, you know, kind of a good story about what traditionally, if we go back 30 or 40 years, um, the idea of therapy after war was sort of unheard of. And it's led to a lot of, um, undiagnosed and untreated uh, mental illness. So this is, is a great article or a great video. Go watch it. Uh, in the same vein, uh, Fred has the Repeal Day Expo that's coming up in December. Uh, our friend, you know, uh, Matt Porter from ADHD Whiskey is going to be speaking there. Um, Ash and Drum is going to be speaking. And Hood Somalia, one of my friends from Instagram, is absolutely going to be speaking as well. So um, I'll put links to that down in it as well. And then the four articles that I'm using to sort of steal from. Um, but let's, let's back up before I get into pairing any whiskey, start talking about pairing any whiskey candy, and I'll start talking about just pairing it with food in general. And when you're pairing snacks with whiskey, any kind of snacks, the, one of the best things, one of the easiest ways is to find flavors that complement each other and that they don't outperform each other. So soft flavors go with soft flavors and uh, strong flavors go with strong flavors and you know sweets go with sweets you know, a, a good cake doesn't have a savory layer in it i think of uh, that episode of friends where they made a i think it was a trifle recipe but it was a mistake where they ended up mashed potatoes and green beans in the middle of some type of uh, uh pudding those flavors didn't meld well together in the same vein when you're trying to figure out how to pair whiskey a good way to look at it is to try to find complementary flavors. You know, caramel and chocolate and vanilla. You can find a candy that has caramel and chocolate and vanilla, which is you know part of what we're going to do tonight. Um, those things will likely go together well, but you'll find some unique flavors as well. Um, you know, so, some of the best whiskey and food moments are going to happen whenever you pair together similar flavors. Um, and it has you know whiskey has flavors like smoke, caramel, honey, and vanilla. And, you know, well-thought-out pairings can, can accentuate, though. I think what is more challenging, and I think what I'm interested in, is trying to find where you have contrasting flavors that go well together. Finding a spicy and a sweet, or uh, a bready and a meaty. And, um, you know, you, whether it be, you know, taking a, a nice smoky scotch and pairing it with barbecue, like a, a sweet rib or what, or taking a sweet whiskey and pairing it with a smoky meat or something along that lines. Those are the ones that are that are much more difficult as you start to understand how to pair. And I, by far, am not the person that should ever pair. That's why I'm doing the low-hanging fruit here of candy, and I'm thinking what I may do in a couple of weeks is I may run out to all of the local restaurants where I can get some type of a local restaurants, local fast-food restaurants where I can get some type of a fried pie or some type of a dessert, start pairing those up with whiskey as well because... Um, over the weekend we picked up Popeyes for dinner and they had blackberry, blackberry cream cheese fried pies. And those things are absolutely delicious. And that would be a great pairing for whiskey. And you can say, okay, well, is the apple from here, you know, the apple fried pie from McDonald's better than the Popeyes fried pie or whatever. 
it might be fun to to explore those things. But if you've, if you've ever been to a whiskey, whiskey tasting event, you've probably seen a few things that have been laid out um, for people at those things, and those can be considered pairings as well. And you're going to find things like cheese and crackers, fruits, dried nuts, um, or dried fruit. Um, and, and, and kind of running through those, your your ideas of dried nuts and fruit, they're going to pair well. I mean, you're going to pair well sweet whiskeys with bitter, more bitter nuts, and strong whiskeys go with sweeter nuts. Um, you know, uh, uh, I guess thinking about a sweet nut, a cashew and a strong whiskey, something, you know, really, really high proof, 120 proof or whatever is going to, is going to be one of those matches. Um, fruit, you know, citrus, do we need to say any more citrus already exists inside of it? You've got lemon, you've got orange, you've got, um, grapefruit. Those are all flavors that can list there, but that's also a thing that you can set alongside and the, and they can be complementary to each other add those things then cheese and crackers cheese and crackers are just those you know bland ish light flavors that are just allowing you to consume something to refresh your palate that's not going to overpower your palate it's not going to overpower your senses um tonight i think i've got seven different whiskeys which may be a little bit too much especially considering there's at least one scotch one smoky scotch and one uh single malt uh, we'll see what kind of comes out of this, but we're going to start off relatively light. And then um, dips, cheese dips, artichoke dips, all of those super creamy things. Um, they're, they're, all, they're all unique flavors. And then dessert. Obviously, you know, we're, we're running down a, a similar phrase or a similar frame of thought of dessert doing candy specifically, but... You know, cake, cheesecake, cobblers, anything fruit-based, anything bread-based. I mean, you're going you're gonna to probably be all. Um, and then uh, charcuterie, when you start thinking about you know, smoked meats. Anything that has a high-fat content, you're probably going to want a high-proof as well to sort of cut through that fat. And, th- and those are the things, you know, you think about the, the folks over at Maker's Mark making their FA, FAE 01 and 02 series. Um O2, if I remember correctly, is all about mouthfeel and about viscosity and cutting through things and actually have fatty acid esters in there. And so there's there's some, some experience inside of that. But um, when we talk about candy, because of the nature of eating here, we're going to have, uh, there's a good chance I come out of this with diabetes because there's, you know, four candy bars here. There's two candies here, two candies here, another two candies, and there's seven different whiskeys just sugar on sugar on sugar um it can be challenging to try to get through all those things but trying to drink whiskey with a meal can also be challenging because um, regularly we want to refresh your palate or you want to consume more liquid because food might be dry or whatever else i mean you want to sort of drink whiskey fast and so my first entry here to is going to be exploring candy because those are all snack size these are all things that i took for my kids what we're going to start off with tonight, and I don't intend to run super long, we're going to start off with a little bit of Buffalo Trace. And so there's this article from, well, there's actually four different articles that we're, that we're looking at here. One from Uproxx, one from Huckberry, one from Whiskey Advocate, and one from Go Bourbon. And they all pair different candies with Buffalo Trace. So what I thought was, is, hey, I'll take my single barrel Buffalo Trace from my local liquor retailer here. 
and I'll try each one of the things with the, the Buffalo Trace and say, okay, which one of these do I think is the best? And obviously I'm not the person that should matter. Um, but hey, if you're here and you're watching, enjoy. Um, so we have a Milky Way, we have a Snickers, we have a Kit Kat, and we have a Twix. Um, I'm going to order them in that way because Milky Way is my least favorite and Twix is my most favorite from this. Of course, Twix and Kit Kat are very similar to each other and Buffalo Trace is one of my favorite whiskeys. Um, after this, we'll probably do something a little lighter and then we'll gradually work our way up to potential scotch pairing. You've never drank whiskey before. Buffalo Trace is one of those that you should always try to keep on your shelf if you can find it. It's inexpensive. It's, you know, anytime somebody says, hey, what's your favorite whiskey? I usually say Buffalo Trace because um, they're they're doing a couple of things. They're either trying to test, you know, what is your credibility like? And anybody who knows whiskey knows Buffalo Trace is good. They're trying to find something that they want to buy for your present. You can absolutely never go wrong with that. Or they're asking because they want to explore something in whiskey. And the problem is if I tell them something that's slightly more off the beat path, they run out to the store and buy it and don't like it, then uh, maybe you've, you've created a person who doesn't care for bourbon now because you said, hey, this is my favorite thing, and they went out to, to try it without seeking any real advice. We'll go ahead and go forward. So Milky, Milky Way is not one of my favorites here. One of the things I absolutely hate is chewing. I hate the noise of chewing. So if you're watching this video, you're probably going to hear some chewing. I apologize. thing that's interesting here, I think, is that with the creaminess of the Milky Way, carameliness of the Milky Way, the Buffalo Trace just sort of disappears. Um, you get a little bit of proof to it, but aside from that, you lose some of the um, citrusy notes. Of course, you know, we're going very, very rich. A lot of rich flavors in here. You're losing some of the nuance that comes with the Buffalo Trace, which is not necessarily a terrible thing, but um, it feels like the amount of caramel, the amount of chocolate, the amount of, of creamy center, whatever that is in a Milky Way, sort of just buries this Buffalo Trace real fast. Which, with the 90 proof whiskey, I mean, maybe that's the expectation. Is it? Let's move on to the Snickers. I don't know what the nut does in there, but the nut that's inside the Snickers picks up this almost dusty flavor that is not great. I could have guessed I probably wasn't the first two. Not terrible. But um I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it. You're kind of exploring a candy pairing or a tasting or a flavor or whatever. This is this is not the move. I don't. Um, this one I will probably drink quite a bit more of the whiskey than the rest of them, simply because I'm trying four different candies with. Maybe a mistake. See <laughs> at the end of the stream what it looks like. Got some water to kind of drink in between the different. Do the Kit Kat. Maybe the bread will help save some things.
that's absolutely better. So we're moving in the right direction. Milky Way and Snickers are absolutely out of the running for being um, the appropriate choice here. Kit Kat might be it. It's a, almost like the wafer that's inside of it is holding up well um, against it. And like I said, this is still you know low proof whiskey, low proof bourbon here, but it's seeming to work out well as far as the flavor. Quick will be the last one. I think that's it. I think the caramel gets buried inside of the I mean, the caramel berries. This is real weird. It's weird. You, you ever find yourself watching something on YouTube and thinking like, how did I get to the point where I'm watching a grown man drink whiskey and eat candy and talk about what it tastes like? But hey, this is what we like to do. I think that the Kit Kat's the right choice. And I think that has to do with the, the caramel that's in the Snickers, the caramel that's in the Milky Way, the caramel that's in Wix, they all sort of bury the whiskey in here. And it kind of goes back to that original statement of like soft flavors go with soft flavors. And they may have just too much going on with them for the Buffalo Trace to stand up to it. So at that point, we're looking at and we're saying, hey, um, go bourbon, you know, the, the, the way it works. Snickers was a suggestion from Up Rocks. The Milky Way was a suggestion from Huckberry. Not entirely surprising, considering those are not explicitly whiskey-focused things, and they're probably just, you know, whatever somebody happens to, whatever some bartender somewhere says, hey, this is what it is. When you get to Whiskey Advocate, you get to go bourbon. Those are very explicitly targeted towards whiskey, and whiskey aficionados. So uh, if, I had to, if I had to re-rank it, it would probably be, um, you know, like the Kit Kat is number one, Twix is number two, uh, Milky Way is number three, and Snickers is last. So... Um, we're looking at, you know, Go, Bur Go Bourbon, Whiskey Advocate, Huckberry, and then Up Rocks, the, the order of finishing. I'm going to revisit the Kit Kat because I, I really like Kit Kat's anyway. Yep. Good. Hopefully the sugar will kick in and I'll get a little more upbeat. I think next. Probably my least favorite candy that we're going to run. Um, we're going to look at York Peppermint Patties. My wife loves these. Things. I think they're absolute abomination. Um, but York Peppermint Patty compare, uh, combined with Evan Williams Single Barrel. Recommendation from Huckberry. Have this. And then Basil Hayden is a recommendation to go with a peppermint patty based off of Go Bourbon. So we'll see... You know, they, they've got, I'm, I'm, you know what, I hadn't planned on this, but we're going to put a ranking in. Put this in, we're going to keep track. It's going to be unfair because they're not equally represented. But it's finished first. Um, see how it finishes in this next one, and we'll move on. Um, six, uh, this is a battle of low proofs. 80. With basil, we'll look and see what basil Hayden has to do with the York peppermint patty and the Evan Williams single. Yep, it smells like basil Hayden, it smells like Jim Bean to me. Um, but yeah, these little discs of chocolate and peppermint 
may just destroy me for the rest of the night because peppermint is a strong flavor. But we'll, we may go back and clear it out with some. Straight up. Have to drink the whiskey afterwards. Um, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's much of a win at all. Um, it kind of feels like the effervescence of peppermint patty is burning the basil Hayden's to the ground. That may be just purely a proof problem. Um, it has this weird, weird, funky aftertaste. Um, if you've ever been to a dispensary, there's a certain smell that sort of gets hung in your nostril and in, in, in your mouth. Everything you smell kind of gets stuck in your mouth. And this is almost the flavor that's left behind if I have Basil Hayden. Hey, it's a weird, real weird thing. I wouldn't have expected this to occur, but. Still there. I clear that out. Again, see how Evan Williams single barrel hands handles this. This is a 2011 vintage. I really enjoy that they put a vintage on here. You know, it, it does tell you the year it was distilled. That's that's perfect. Or year it was uh, bottled and sold. That's that's perfectly fine. Don't have problems with that. But uh, trying to put a vintage on it like it's wine. That uh, I don't think that's a thing for whiskey. That's slightly better, but it's almost like they're in a race to the bottom. Like who can be the worst combination? Um, so we'll get the slight edge, give the slight edge to single barrel. Um, I like Evan Williams single barrel as a regular, but don't like York peppermint patty. So maybe that was the problem to begin with. I should have never started with that. There was a thing there. That was a thing. All right. So that's now uh, Go Bourbon has won one. Huckberry has won one. Uh, the next one that we're going to compare, we're going to look at uh, doing Reese's Pieces, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, generically, I prefer Reese's Pieces. But you know, peanut butter cups are okay. I didn't have any of uh, the pumpkins. I left those in my kids. Uh, container because everyone knows the pumpkins are far superior to the cups pretty much anything besides maybe the christmas trees but i figured i wanted to stay as close to what they recommended because i had an article here that talked about uh, using unpeated single malts or woodford double oak to compare with Peanut butter cups. They said peanut butter cups. They didn't. Well, one of them said Reese's. One of them said peanut butter cups. And they avoided using brand terminology. So we went with Reese's peanut butter cups to be as accurate to what they recommended as possible. And this one's going to be tough because I've got Woodford Double Oaked. Obviously, that was one of the recommendations. 
um, we have in here. This is a single barrel that was a selection. And the other one, I was on the fence about it, and it had recommended an unpeated single malt. And you could go a lot of routes with that, but I had this great bottle from Starward. Friend over Jake over at Keen the Lake was able to get a bottle of this over to me. Uh, he didn't give it to me; I paid him for it. Um, but he was able to get it to me, and it's finished in a finished in a port wine cask. We'll see how this comes out. against a peanut butter cup, but it is an unheated single malt, but it's been finished in port. So maybe the depth of flavor will have some kind of impact. Maybe it won't. Put everything in these. Uh, Little wee Glen Cairns that we got at the Kentucky Bourbon Fest, Bourbon Festival, and um, last month or the month before, whatever month that was, everything seems to run together in COVID time. Um, I did a video on that. If so, if you have a few minutes, you want to give it a shot, absolutely go um, give that a view, listen, whatever you want to call it. Um, I convert these over to podcasts, and you can download it and listen to it while they're driving to work or doing whatever it is. Um, but we'll go ahead. We're going to start. I'll start with the wood for double oaked. I know I really like double oaked generally from just about anybody that makes it. I can't see how this would be. That's as good as I thought it was going to be. So, richness of flavor holds up to the richness of flavor. Um, double oaked whiskeys me seem to always have a depth of flavor to them um that you can't get any other way and it, you know it makes sense technical um, not technological it makes sense based off of the maturation process that's being put in a new fresh charred oak barrel and aged again for another period of time that it's going to gain a depth that doesn't get any other way um so it'll be a i don't know i feel like it'll be a tough challenge for a uh, you know a single malt from australia only been aged for three years to be able to compete now we're getting a depth of flavor from the, the cask that it's finished in we're getting a depth of flavor because it's obviously being aged in australia so it can't age for a very long time because it has some of the same situations that places like texas run through is that, you know the incredible heat leads to incredible loss and so they've got a they, they can't age as long they might be able to explore some things like what the folks at Still Austin are doing where they're doing the slow water reduction where they, you know, check the barrels every so often and add water back to it to, to decrease the loss and increase the amount of time that it stays in the barrel. But I don't think they need to because they're making a fantastic product without it. Clear it up if possible. I don't know. It's almost a push because I don't know that one's necessarily better than the other. They're just vastly different. They're vastly different in, in potentially a good way. They have incredibly different flavor profiles. The I don't know. Somehow the peanut butter um, peanut butter cup has added a flavor dimension to the to the Star Word that makes it taste very 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 much like. I want to say a peated scotch. 
a smoked scotch, a smoked single malt. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for because if you look at, you know, the the smoked single malts that come from Del Bach, um, where they use, you know, mesquite or whatever, there's just a, a smoke profile that's not quite peat, but it is definitely a smoke profile to me that exists based off the combination of a peanut butter cup and a single malt. And I've got a single peanut butter cup that hasn't been opened, and I may come back and try that after I get through these. But I've got two more. We're right at 32 minutes. This is going to be a lot longer than I expected it to be because I still have two more to go. And this one may be the one that is probably going to be the most clear cut. We have Butterfingers. And Butterfingers are one of those candies that, you know, they're they're great to eat if you want to have a, a filling pulled out of your tooth for you. Um, but I have an article from Huckberry that recommends putting four roses small batch uh, with a Butterfinger. But then it also suggests a uh, a selection, a scotch selection. And specifically, it suggests Ardbeg. I've got an Ardbeg 10-year over here. That it, you know, I'm saving it for the last one because, generically speaking, at least in my experience, going to a uh, smoked peated whiskey like that, it's going to blow out anything I would taste after this. And it's probably also going to be the one that's most polarizing as far as flavor profiles. But, you know, the... Four Roses single, uh, Four Roses small batch is one that I've always enjoyed. Um, did a tasting with some coworkers last week, which I talked briefly about in my last live stream because I had to do it a couple days late. Um, where we actually ran through, you know, an education of whiskey and did um, three offerings, three three generic offerings, you know, that you can find just about anywhere. And then three barrel-proof versions of those offerings, and so we did. Uh, we did a uh, four roses and a four roses uh, single barrel barrel proof, and we did. Uh, remember what the rest of them we did were. Um, oh, Elijah Craig uh, small batch, and then Elijah Craig uh, barrel proof the nine twenty, if I remember correctly. And then we did another one. We did three of those. And and largely the small batch was a hit with with most of my, my friends that I was doing this with who are largely not whiskey people. Um, and I knew that I'd planned on doing this where we were going to try Butterfinger with this. I don't really like Butterfingers that much. I mean, I don't dislike them as much as I dislike pork peppermint patties. But we'll see what it does here. Not bad. The sweetness of each of them actually stays together. Um, you know, the the it's almost like shale. Uh, this is the thing that I think of with with Butterfingers. The inside of these are like shale rock. And if you know anything about shale rock, it, it breaks off in, in thin, thin sheets. And that's what this does. But it's thin sheets of sugar. Very, very sugary. I don't know why they're called Butterfingers specifically, but... They're very sugary, and the the sugars hold up to each other. Uh, whereas earlier, the the Buffalo Trace was getting lost in this of caramels and um, creaminess. This is holding up just fine, and it's you know it's not high proof. Obviously, it's not cutting through it or anything, but it works. That'll be tough to beat. 
it'll be specifically tough to beat uh, when we're pairing a peated single malt against it, right? I like Ardbeg as much as most bourbon folks do. It's one that is good to have every often. But after all of the sweetness, I don't know how this holds up. I don't know how this goes. Yep. That's the other thing. Scotch is generically one that I keep a whole lot of, uh, keep getting a whole lot of like latexy band aid band smell. And I don't mean the Band-Aid Band-Aids. I mean, I think it's uh, Curex that makes the Band-Aids that are more plastic and smell more latexy or vinyl-y. I always get that with Scotch. Have to be in a mood to drink scotch, but we'll see. Yep, that's a mistake. Absolute mistake. Scotch has its place in time. It is not with a butt. I immediately regret making that decision in my I'm going to spend probably the rest of the night trying to drink the rest of these whiskeys to get that flavor out of my mouth. That was unsurprisingly bad. Has nothing to do with the scotch. Trying to do the most American thing possible. Say, hey, let's take this whiskey. Candy. You know, scotch is, I mean, specifically smoked peated scotch is not meant to be paired with candy. Um, but I just did it because, you know, America, whatever. Um, so I've got a lot of whiskey left on the table here. What do I do next? Look, uh, hey, I chug. That's what I do next, Zachary Jones. Hey, thanks for joining. I didn't even notice you were there. I got wrapped up in it. It's like wet band-aids and squish lightning bugs. I've never ate a wet band-aid or a squish lightning bug, um, but that's a choice you can make in your life. I'm not going to make that choice, but I, I get, I don't miss the point of how scotch can come across very band-aidy. That's the thing that's kept me off of it for so long. But then spent some time with a friend who knows a whole lot about scotch, uh, two different friends on two different occasions. Learned a lot. Absolutely dig uh, scotch single malt that are non-peated for sure. It's just a, a different environment. You know, there's you know, lighter and, and more subtle flavors. Just has to do with you know environmental aging and whatnot, but uh, trying to drink Ardbeg and uh, eat a Butterfinger at the same time is absolutely the wrong choice. Um, I don't know if that. Let's go back to the Kit Kat. You know what I think I'm doing is I'm going to go through the rest of the bourbons, Kit Kat, and see if any of them pair better than the Buffalo Trace did. Got four roses still sitting over. Nope. I'm going to bypass the Basil Hayden because. I don't 
I can definitely agree with that, Zachary Jones. Peter Scotch is tough to deal with. Um, there are days when it's the exact right thing, and my assumption, my my mother-in-law eats ice cream like twice a year. She doesn't like ice cream that much. Twice a year, she really gets in the mood for it. I feel like that's what peated whiskey is for me. Is it? But two or three times a year, I'm gonna be like, that's the thing I'm after, because I haven't felt like I've chewed on a wet band-aid or ate a squished lightning bug in a while, and it's time to revisit that flavor profile for me. Um, but so far, I think the only one that is giving the Buffalo Trace a run for its money, whenever I pair it with a Kit Kat, which happens to be favorite thing I have sitting here is the Woodford Double Oak. We're going to give one last shot to Starward here. Nope. I think we stay with the fact that the Kit Kat is the winner. The Kit Kat is the winner with Buffalo Trace, with Woodford Double Oak, Evan Williams Single Barrel. Across the board, the Kit Kat they have to do the wafer inside of it is the winner for all of the things. Um, we didn't have any one specific article that seemed to be more correct than the rest of them. Um, I don't know. That was a, that was an interesting experiment. Like I said, we're going to probably come back and do this again, not with candy specifically, but with uh, maybe fried pies or some other type of fast food restaurant dessert. Um, I'm going to spend the rest of tonight trying to get that flavor out of my mouth. And it's not the peated whiskey. It's the combination of the peated whiskey and the Butterfinger. I should have just guessed that that was not going to be one I should do. But when I read the article, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot and see what happens. So um, if you happen to join me tonight, Zachary Jones, absolutely thank you for showing up, um, giving it a watch. This is as far as I'm probably going to take tonight's episode. Um, next week, I plan on talking about coffee. So we'll see what that's about. I've got a uh, a coffee liqueur that's aged in rye barrels. I've got some whiskey that has some cold brew finished with it. And then I've got some actual uh, coffee beans that were aged in whiskey barrels. I want to talk about those and try those and do something fun along that line. But thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to hit the outro and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Embellish Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe. Check out our website at embellishpod.com and follow us on social media at Instagram and Twitter to keep up with what we have going on. If you have an idea about a story we should talk about, send it to us at embellishpod at gmail.com. And remember, whether famous or infamous, a good story mixed with a touch of embellishment makes the food you ate, the drink you drank, and the places you visited just a little more memorable.